The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Rotten of the Core Wednesday on Sons of Liberty. And if you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If you'd like to watch the video portion of the show, we're going to be showing you some documentation uh, today that Lynn's going to provide for us. And uh, if you want to check that out, please go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You scroll down right on the right. That's right. You can see the faces made for radio. And um, you can also check out that live video feed on a number of other platforms as well. Uh, On Twitter, FPPTim. That's linked to our Periscope account. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Beforeitsnews.com, where they're every mo- every weekday morning at 6 a.m., Saturdays at 8 a.m. Our friend Michael Roach has given us a spot there. And also Bradley's on Monday through Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. All those times are Eastern. He he does Central, I do Eastern time. Um, <clears throat> but all the times I just gave you are Eastern time if you want to check us out anytime there. And then finally on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also find us on Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.life. And that will be under Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. You can also call into the show if you got a question or something for Lynn. Maybe you got a comment um, or anything like that. Just stick to the topic. That's all we ask. Um, and you can call in to us there. The number's at the bottom right of the screen for those who are viewing. viewing for those who are listening via Red State Talk Radio, the number's 215-TALK-TALK, 215-867-8255. I'm going to bring Lynn up here in just a moment. I just want to read something to you. Um, a friend of mine, David Rizzolato, we've had him on the show before, um, prolific writer, and he's got a couple of books out, by the way, that you can pick up at Amazon, and um, he contributes to the sites when he gets time to do so. And one of the things I was reading is something that he he brought out here. And he kind of speaks to what we're going to talk about here, uh, the issue of government education. Let me briefly read this. This is from uh, his Facebook post that uh, I picked up this morning. So I want to share this with you. I'm sorry, but as I watch the narrative over the coronavirus lockdowns develop, I can't help but feel it's progressing just as I have warned. Freedom is being portrayed as selfish and dangerous, and those professing lockdown orders as potential terrorists. The U.S. government has issued reports over the last decade suggesting those with constitutional views are extremists. Currently, federal agencies are focusing on the so-called bugaloo movement, 
or boogaloo, whatever that is, alleging that it is a threat to national security. They are deliberately trying to orchestrate chaos and confusion, and that's so they can bring their order out of it. For it is from chaos that their power grows. We have nothing left as a country that we can all unite around. Well, we actually do, but they're trying, they're, they keep trying to divide us. We have the law to, 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 to rally around, to unite around, the Bible to rally around. That's for those who actually want to do that. Our principles, beliefs, and way of life have, been deliber- have deliberately been corrupted and mocked. Freedom itself has been made to look like the problem. That's true. The aim of government education has been to condition the masses to willingly sacrifice liberty for safety. We are rapidly approaching a point where this view represents majority thinking. When it does, freedom will be gone for all. There are too few who understand the concepts of republicanism, not a party, but the principle and how our system protects the natural rights of all. The coronavirus will not go away, and the lessons learned by the social engineers will be built up, up, built upon in the future. Whose fault is it? Ours, for not understanding that freedom isn't a guaranteed right, but a cherished responsibility. Amen, David Rizzolata. And you know what? The only way to regain that that hope of freedom, if you've, if you've become so cynical that you don't believe in freedom and you're not going to stand for liberty— the only way to recover that is repentance. It's just as simple as that. Put your hope back in God. If you've lost hope in God, put your hope back in God. God says if his people turn, his people, okay, not everybody in the world, his people, if they'll repent, if they'll turn, then he will heal the land. Now, we either believe that or we don't, and if we believe that, then we act upon it. We don't just sit back and say, oh, well, God's just going to take care of it. No, God works in and through us to do his good pleasures, what the Scripture says. With that said, this is Rotten to the Core Wednesday. We're going to talk about education. Now, let me before I uh, do this, you guys watching um, via video, whether it's uh, in on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or wherever you're at, <clears throat> first let me let you know, know something. Check and make sure you're getting notifications. I've been told people that their notifications have been taken off on, on YouTube. You click the little red bell, not the subscribe. You can click the subscribe if you're not subscribed, but the notification is a little bell there. You'll get a notification when we go live, okay? On Facebook, the same thing. Well, under the following, you want to see it first in your news feed. You want to be notified when we're doing People have been taken off of that. I've seen the evidence of that in the show that we're doing. Real quickly before I bring Lynn on, let me just say hey to everybody in the chat rooms. Clinton and Paul and Jennifer, um, Joni, Paul, uh, I mentioned Paul, <laughs> you get two good mornings, uh, Sean, <clears throat> excuse me, Tara, Vincent, Eric, Joy, Jennifer, and let me flip over here to the other one, and we've got Wes and Helen, Troy, and Melissa. Thank you guys for joining. Those are the ones that I see uh, who made comments or the Facebook actually tells you who's in there. I appreciate you guys joining us this morning. I know there's some other people on there. There's several more than that uh, who are listening. We appreciate you guys very much in your support. Don't forget us also if you want to donate or if you want to um, uh, become a son or daughter of Liberty. That's down in the description as well. Uh, if you're able to do so, we would very much appreciate that. Okay, Rotten at the Core Wednesday. Here we go. I got all that out of the way. Good morning, Lynn Taylor. Hello, hello. <laughs> Lynn is the social butterfly. That's, at least that's what I told, I, I've been told. So she's very chipper this morning and ready to go. Let me give you the warning before Lynn gets into it. This episode is not for little ears, okay? Um, <clears throat> it's a topic that's very sensitive for them. This is for parents. So if you're listening 
you might want to either send the little ears into another room or pause and listen later. Uh, this will this will be up on our platforms. It'll be up on sonslibertymedia.com. Um, but if, if you're listening with your children and they happen to be up at early this time, be advised, we're not going to be gratuitous, but we do have to address certain things that are coming out in the education system about what they are indoctrinating our kids with um, or your kids if you have them in public schools. So I just want to give that. I want to be clear. We're not going to be gratuitous, but we are going to talk about some sensitive issues for little children. So I want you as a parent to make um you know, a wise decision and how you deal with that. Okay. All right. With that said, I'm going to turn it over to Lynn. What do you got for us today? We're talking about congressional solicitation and pimping of America's children. What do you got, Lynn? I'm so glad you put it that way because I cannot tell you how many times that has run through my head as far as the pimping out of education. So thank you for that. (laughs) But what we've got is my latest article. And in that I go through several bills that Congress has on the table, and a lot of them are what I call recycled bills, and that means that this is not the first congressional session we have seen these bills, and they all center around the LGBTQ+, I think I got it right, community, and gender bending, as I call it. And the reason that that is important is because every time these bills come up in the different sessions, Tim, they get more and more support. Uh, so think of it like a snowball that's going down the hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So while you might have bills that have the same title, the same sponsors, the same co-sponsors, uh, the same indoctrination in it, uh, you know, it's getting more and more support because we have national groups that are getting behind it. We have global groups that are getting behind it. And we're getting all these people that are, you know, pressing Congress uh, to to go ahead and let's get these kind of bills into laws so that we can conform everybody. And let me say, it's not just for public school kids, okay? These particular bills that I featured in this uh, latest article of mine use the LGBTQ plus community to set up traps, not only for their um, their numbers, but for the rest of us as well. And again, this encompasses entire communities. So again, we're not seeing it just in public school. We're going to see it online because a lot of these bills target the distance learning, and that's a new insertion in uh, two or three of them to cover their backsides while everybody's at home and stuck on the computer for education. So these are going to be accessible to anyone who is um, uh, in education using online stuff because comprehensive sexual education has to be rammed down our throats. And it's, um, in my opinion, it's not the place for the government to have anything to do with sex whatsoever, sexuality, or the educating thereof. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the only the only thing that I can even think of would be under biblical law, and that would be when there are violations um, of the law according to that. And we, we have state laws that, that deal with that stuff. But as far as them de- determining these things in, in education, first, you're right, they don't have constitutional authority there. And two, the only thing that, that would be that should be taught educationally uh, about sex is biology and how reproduction happens. And that's it. And it shouldn't be gratuitous. It should be very simple. Um, and it should be, way, in my opinion, 
It should wait until it's later on down the line. And here's the thing, and this is some good news I'll share with you real quickly before you move into to the things that you've got here. Spoke with E. Ray Moore yesterday, and he told me there is some good news in the homeschool community. There have been some polling that's been out because of parents being at home, that, you know, the things that we talked about. We had Alex Newman on hoping that there would be this, this that, that parents would actually like teaching their kids. There's a new poll out, and I believe he gave me the number of 10 to 12 million. That was that was their estimate based on their um, target audience of the people they questioned. And these were parents who actually had kids in the public school system but had begun to teach at home due to this coronavirus thing. So there's a silver lining here. Ron Paul wrote about this too, homeschooling. He said there are 10 to 12 million people that potentially will not send their kids back to public schools in the fall. I think that's good news to hear, um, and I hope that we'll increase that by the information that you give. But that is a very positive thing of what's come out of here. And uh, and again, that puts the, look, this puts education, liberty, and power in the hands of the parents, just as God said that he would, uh, that, that would happen if they honored him and they were diligent to teach the things uh, to their children that he gave them. And hopefully they're doing some of that. They're not just giving re- uh, you know, general education. They're tying it back to the creator. Just wanted to throw that in. Well, that is good news. My, my only thing is we, we need to make sure that we keep a net, if you will, around those who are doing that so that they can continue to do that without government intrusion because I know that's what's down the pike because, again, you have to destroy the family, and that's one of the things that is so troubling about these particular bills is that, yeah, it's going after the family yet again because you have to destroy the family, in other words, uh, to to conform to global uh, minionship. Yes, yes. And part of the thing is, is uh, now let me ask you this. I, I know we've we've got sure. some things here that you're going to bring up about the Kinsey Institute and stuff like that and how a lot of this has come in. And um, one of the things is, you know, we've heard Donald Trump talk about the failing public school system, and yet his administration is right there pushing that same agenda through the education, the um, um, UNESCO and um, the Common Core that they've renamed and all of this other stuff, that stuff continues to be. So I don't want people to be deceived, and they're not deceived when you're on here on Wednesdays. They can't be because we're telling them uh, about mm-hmm. who actually continues to push this unconstitutional legislation. So let's get into this, um, the sure. solicitation of our children. What actually is going on, Lynn? Okay, well, we have uh, Congress. I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but you have at least two caucuses in the Congress that are specifically geared towards the LGBTQ plus uh, community. One of them is in the House, and every member in that particular caucus happens to be a member of that community. And then over in the Senate, we have one that is for the employees, the federal employees who work in the Senate uh, side of the Congress. And um, they are either in that community or they are supportive of that community. So first of all, I didn't know if everybody knew that or not. So I just wanted to put that out there. So if you ever wonder why there is such a push from D.C., actually it's from the U.N. to D.C. and then down to the rest of us, that's part of the reason why. And one of the things that is um, that I was able to find out about these particular caucuses is because of all their support and because of all their um, 
push the um, Real Education for Healthy Youth Act, or REA, that is the HR 2720, and then there's a Senate companion that is the, the identical twin to it. Through those two bills, it's going to make sure that that sexuality education, now not sex education, Tim, there's a big difference, but it's going to push sexuality education on every single citizen to the point that we have to bow to the minority because we know that that particular community is a minority in America um, and that should be a, a warning to people because, you know, you shouldn't have to bow to a minority. If there are going to be people like that in the world, then okay, they need to get along with the rest of us. We shouldn't have to change everything about us to get along with them. No, I completely agree, but this is part of the curses that God mentions in Deuteronomy 28 uh, among a disobedient people. So we have to understand the curses are very real. They are happening in this country, and the only way to turn those back is through repentance. I mean, this is what I'm addressing at the first of the show, and that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, I want to, to be very clear with people, those who might say, well, religion has nothing to do it. It has everything to do with it because it's at the foundation of how all this stuff works. So you're right. It's not a bowing to the minority. It's, it's really a bowing to the law. That's the issue. It's a bowing to the law. When you're talking about these different caucuses— it's not just in this. They're dividing us across a number of spectrums. But the, these kind of caucuses here, these, these sexuality caucuses, these are extremely dangerous uh, for the family and for the up-and-coming generation. Uh, we've talked about, we had Corey Lynn on to talk about the issue with the exploitation of transgenders. Now, these people, look, sometimes we say things, and, and, and it boggles my mind that people can think and do the way they do in, in those areas. But those people are being exploited by uh, people in government, by pharmaceutical companies and all kinds of things to press an agenda. And that is, mm-hmm. look, if they can if they can make everybody think they're quote-unquote unisex, if whatever that will be, or polysex or whatever the case may be, if they, if they can get people to think that, there is no procreation because – I mean, they're 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 already trying to sterilize you. Then they're trying to pervert sexuality between a man and a woman in marriage into something else: animals, men with men, women with women, all this kind of stuff. And if they can do that, they can achieve the same ends as sort of the vaccine, and that is depopulation to a certain extent. So, what are some of the things here? You've got some examples. You make mention of the 50th anniversary of Brown versus the Board of Education. You want to tell people a little bit about that? Okay, well, if you remember about Brown versus Board of Education, it was all about being able to have racial equality in education. And on the 50th anniversary of Brown versus Board, the, oh goodness, the sexuality groups said, oh, let's use that kind of platform to now address our equality in education, and that's exactly the example that's being used. But what's interesting about it, Tim, is, you know, as I was doing this particular article, I thought, well, you know, okay, so they're going to take the Brown versus uh, Board and use that as the template. But the more I got to looking, it's not Brown versus Board. It is what's called the, oh, goodness, I'm going to try to say this uh, correctly, Yogugarta Principles. 
and these are a set of global principles. There are 38 in all that marry right up with the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals. So it's another way to push those in, and they're going to use sexuality to do it. But the entire set of principles is geared on nothing but gender identity and sexual orientation. And as I got to looking at those particular principles, it's like, well, you know, this a lot of this was laid out in our Constitution. Why are we hyper-focusing on this, why do we need more laws on or, or not no these are not laws these are principles, okay, but it's yet another way for someone who is not in legislative authority to go represent the United States and say, "Sure, let's sign America up, and we're going we're going to manipulate laws and legislation and education and programs and policies to align with every one of these gender identity, sexuality, orientation principles. No, I couldn't agree more. But this is, this is I think, where people have um, – and we saw it here with the lockdown things. They've misunderstood the difference between law and policy or, print or principles mm-hmm. or guidelines. Policy, principle, and guidelines are not law. The, the, the policies, the principles, the guidelines, if you will, whatever they are, are supposed mm-hmm. to be an extension of law. No, not an extension. They're supposed to be an understanding of it and application of the law, not something that's apart from the law. And we've seen that there. We see it here in education. Their policies are, well, we need to do education. Wait a minute. We didn't authorize you to do that. So they're acting outside of law. I want people to understand there is a disconnect there between principal policy guidelines and law when it comes to these things. This is why we refer to them as lawless or we refer to whoever's doing it as tyrants. Um, what's what's some of the things? Because some people may not be familiar with the Brown versus Board of Education too. Do you want to tie that in with what you what you just talked about with these with these particular principles? All right, hang on just a second, dear. Okay. Let me get to that. <laughs> All right. Let, I'm gonna pull up the visual here. Uh, so people sure. will be able to see that. Yeah. Because you, you you've, got, be... you've got some bills here that you want to talk about, too, that, they, that people yeah, need to be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So as you can see, Brown versus Board, you see um, the mom with the daughter, and they're at the steps of the Supreme Court, and they've just won the victory. And this was to be able to have uh, black children have the same advantages that white children did in education. So it was about racial segregation being erased. Now we've moved it not from racial segregation, but sexual segregation, and that was the key. And these particular bills that are on the table, and they're not the only ones, okay, but these are just the the biggest ones. This is the government going, you know what, we're going to nationalize sexuality through these particular bills, and we're going to put in a global um, agenda for, as you had already said, sex but not procreation and that's exactly what is in these particular principles and the lady if you can call her that who went and signed these yo gugarta principles the professor from columbia university and in 2000 she wrote a paper and it was all about continuing the man the mantra that we can all have sex but we don't need to procreate and so now we're seeing that play out through these particular bills. 
Well, not just that. We don't even have to worry about that silly thing called marriage that God instituted to protect the family and to protect right. men and women and give a, a lifelong partner um, so that they can enjoy the benefits of sex that God, uh, I mean, he obviously created it. He, uh, you know, he's a right. fan of it. But the, but, the part, but the problem is, is that men want to pervert that. Uh, they really do want to do right. that. All right. So you've got some bills in here. You've got H.R. 2720. Uh, the Senate mm-hmm. bill is 1524. The Real Education for Healthy Youth Act. Well, now that sounds good, just like all these things do. Then you've got the Senate bill 1964, H.R. 3513, which is about gender. H.R. 2775, and the Senate version is 1073 about youth. H.R. 5 and Senate version uh, bill 788, equality protection. Um, They're just coming at it from all angles. They are coming for your children, people. I know that everybody, just remember this. When you say, oh, you're a bunch of conspiracy theorists, and this, just remember, (laughs) these vast majority of conspiracy theories turn out to be conspiracy fact. There's an actual conspiracy to go after your children. You you need to really pay attention. You really do. Yep. Now, before we talk a little bit about the bills, if you would go down to the one that I sent you, that's the Yogugarta principles. It's going to um, have a lot of black print, and then it'll yep, have got little em. blue circles. Yeah, okay. Let's look at those before we look at the bills, because what I would like folks to to understand is that when you hear what are in the bills, I want you to see these principles, and you will absolutely see, no, this is not U.S. Constitution-based. This is not family um, morals or family values. This is globalization, all right? So let's look at that real quick. Now, everyone that is in blue ties to education, okay? So you've got, I think it's like 18 of them in all. I think that's what I counted. Now, they have one that is absolutely education by itself, and in that education principle, there are eight parameters for what education is supposed to look like, and it is really scary. And I know in the resources, you guys will be able to access those lists by yourselves. I want you to take the time and make sure that you do so you can see just how encompassing all this stuff is and it's doing it first of all to incorporate the sustainable development goals from the united nations and then second of all it is to desensitize the entire nation about sexuality so that we can be the best conformists that we can possibly be to be that good member state so let's see here we've got amend and write all laws for universal human rights. And in the universal human rights, Tim, we have the caveat that, yeah, anything and everything goes when it comes to sex, or not not really sex, but sexuality. And the reason why we're seeing such wordplay played between sex and sexuality is sex is, like you had said, you know, it was the, the biblical-based um, thing that God set up. Sexuality is more about feelings and um, attitudes, and that's what has to be manipulated so that you, when you perform sex, will be doing it in this globalist, humanist way. So we have to make sure all our laws are aligned to that. Then we have to make sure that everyone's constitution throws in gender conformity and sexual orientation acceptance, because you can't have this 
this agenda pull off unless you have everybody on board. So, yes, we have to get everyone's constitution to mention these sorts of things. Well, I don't know about you, Tim, but I cannot imagine the Founding Fathers sitting around going, okay, we're going to insert sexuality into the U.S. Constitution. Because you know why? They knew, as did many generations before that, and many people who wrote the Bible, they knew there were certain things you did not bring up because, first of all, it wasn't that they weren't important. It was that it was your business. Yeah, no, I com- I completely agree, um, the, the, and that's why I made distinction. Of course, I don't think they brought it up in the U.S. Constitution because it was for the federal government. It was changed for the federal government of what they could and could not do, and they were clear. You don't – I mean, they didn't bring up sexuality or dealing with um, any kind of sexual actions simply because – it wasn't the role of the federal government. That's not what they had for it. In fact, those right. things those things were actually dealt with by the states. I've done a whole article on the history of how our founding fathers dealt with sodomy, for instance. So they did deal with things that were perversions of the God-ordained order. Um, they did deal with that in the states, but that was because it was based upon the Bible, and the Bible speaks about how to deal with those things. So we believe... Uh, I believe in those kinds of things of dealing with it. As far as what people do in their bedroom, look, if you, if it stayed in your bedroom, nobody would know about it. This is what I tell people. I don't go out and, and, and tell people what I do with my wife in the bedroom, and I don't expect somebody to tell me what they do with their wife or their husband. or what. I, I mean, we just don't talk about those yeah. things. They're intimate things. But when people go right. out in the, well, in the open and they yeah. try to push these perversions or these other things, that's where there's a real problem. Absolutely. And, you know, being raised in the South, there are certain things that you were told was none yet. Well, that means none of your business. And, of course, sexuality, sex, that all that stuff, that is under the none yet. But before we move to the bills, I want to point out one thing on this uh, Ugarda Principle uh, summary. If you look at number 37, it says the right to truth. Now, I thought that was very ironic because when you look at it, it's not what it sounds like. It sounds like the right to truth. Okay, so here's the truth about sexuality. Here's the truth about sex education. No, it's if you commit a crime against an LGBTQ plus person, you, this is where you're going to get the the truth about what you did, why it was so wrong, why it was so heinous, and what's going to happen to you. Now, isn't that fun? Well, it's this comes from that whole thing of, well, what does the Bible mean to you? What is your truth? You speak your truth. When people tell you that stuff, truth is not yours unless you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then he is the truth. <laughs> this is the whole twisted notion of the satanic Marxist sort of mentality is that it wants to deviate us from what the Creator said. And, you know, people want to say, oh, you're just too religious. You're just too Christian, this, that, and the other. Well, the Founding Fathers... No matter what you think of them, even if you're a person, you, you understand some things of Freemasonry and you understand some guys had some bad stuff with the Hellfire Club and all this stuff. Even if you even if you believe that, here's the thing. In the Declaration of Independence, they said our creator has endowed us with certain inalienable rights. We don't have – look, we don't have the uh, God-given right to worship false gods. We just don't have it. Now – I, it's not for man to impose anything as far as thinking on people, 
But again, this goes to practice out in the open. The same thing happens with sexuality. If you're thinking certain things, the Bible speaks of that. You're going to answer for it. Man doesn't uh, address you and bring punishment against you for your thought processes. That's something you answer for. We Man, as far as government's instituted, deals with your actions. Um, and if, if there's a twisting in there and people are, uh, say, preaching out against homosexuality, then the government has no place to come in and say, well, wait a minute, you can't do that uh, because you might hurt these little people's feelings and stuff like that. And that's, that's, not the, that's not the point of preaching out against it. The point is to get them to repent, to give them hope in their life, because I can tell you this, majority of those people who are in those situations are, are actually ashamed. And the only way they can overcome that shame is to get people to go along with them in that. And I think that's what the, a lot of this is to do is to push that so that they don't feel so ashamed as to what they're engaged in. And they want your children to come along in it. They want to be part of it. They want your children uh, to engage them in it. We've seen this with uh, pedophilia and other things as well. Right. And um, let me point out that um, where you see number 36, the right to technology, uh, the data mining bills that are some of the ones that you mentioned, uh, that absolutely opens up Pandora's box because, again, it's using the LGBTQ plus community to set up changes for more data mining that will go beyond just their community and encompass every one of us. So I just wanted to point that out. And then also in these particular principles and woven into these bills will be the fact of, you know, okay, so God gave you a a specific gender when you were born. But you don't have to honor that. You could go with whatever the heck you feel. And, in fact, you don't even have to stay with your natural family. You have the right to form whatever family you choose, whether they're your birth family or whether they're uh, a bunch of people that you've become friends with and you all decide to live together. So, again, those are two ways to destroy the family. So, anyway, so as far as the bills, let's get into those. Okay, the biggest one would be this real um, health education for, uh, excuse me, real education for healthy youth. Yes, that does sound great. Now, um, let's see here. We've got $75 million per year to um, have sexuality education rammed down not only public school kids' throats, but anyone who happens to be online in education and anywhere in between. Okay? Now, Half of that 75 million, Tim, is going to go through the K through 12, uh, excuse me, K through adult educational system. All right? So this is going to, all right, this is going to encompass you if you're in public school, but let's say you homeschool or you're dual enrolling or you're in early college, you're going to get it as well because this is going to target our 10 to 24 year old population. Okay? Think about that. 10 years old and you're getting into knee-deep sexuality stuff, okay? Now, I don't know about anybody else, but 10, I think, for some people, that's when they start puberty. That's the worst time that you could possibly bring up some of this stuff because your hormones are going to make your brain mush anyway, and now you're going to muddle in a global agenda on top of it. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway. No, I yeah. agree. I agree. Let's talk about, let's just give a couple of points here. This this says uh, the, the purpose that they have uh, in this bill. Mm-hmm. Let's, see if, let's give these uh, four little points that they have here. 
uh, to promote and uphold sure. the rights of young people to information in order to make healthy decisions about their sexual health. Well, that's not government's role. Uh, uh, Education is not their role. I mean, but my goodness. Number two, to provide the inf- – this is from the bill, folks – Provide the information and skills all young people need to make informed, responsible, and healthy decisions in order to become sexually healthy adults and have healthy relationships. Relationships? Okay, how about a relationship in marriage, a man and a woman? That, that's healthy. And don't have sex until you are married. All of that is healthy. In fact, that is the only way to be healthy sexually. Okay, that's just it. That is the one proven, tried and proven um, way that you can have healthy sexual relationships. Don't have sex until you're married and stay married and have sex with that person. (laughs) Number three, provide information about the prevention of unintended pregnancy. Well, do the thing that I just said and you don't have to worry about that. Sexually transmitted infections, do the thing I said and you won't have to worry about that, including HIV. Dating violence. Now, that one might be a little different from where I'm at, but uh, sexual assault, bullying, and harassment. Um. Number four, provide resources and information on topics ranging from gender stereotyping and gender roles and stigma and sociocultural influences surrounding sex and sexuality. Well, these are people who have departed wickedly from their God. They are tearing down the foundations. And if the people don't stand up, guess what? This is what you're subjecting your kids to if you continue to send them to public school. And if you're not doing that during this time and you're doing the things that Lynn was pointing out before where they're uh, piping in, they're piping their indoctrination into your home via the computer. Well, they're teaching your kids this stuff. What do you, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have? Do you love your kids or do you not love your kids? Do you want them away from that? Or do you not want them away from that? What is your position? I would say the vast majority of parents really don't want their kids knowing anything about this at these ages. Um, and, and I personally, I think parents ought to, uh, be very forthright with their kids when it comes to sex, but give them a little bit at a time, just enough to satisfy the curiosity. Um, and don't be ashamed of it. Don't make it something that's shameful because, again, God is, I mean, it's all throughout the scripture. We we read about it, but it's not gratuitous. We know exactly what's going on. And uh, mom and dad should be the ones who are engaging their children in this kind of thing to teach them. Right, and what we're seeing is while the, the national bill says, you know, we're going to start at 10, that doesn't mean that they're not going before the kids turn 10 because we've seen evidence from states. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what book to look at because there is enough uh, evidence out there, including the graphic pictures, that can show you what's happening to the kids um, before 10 and it's not just in our public schools it's in our libraries we know that um you know homeschool families love going to the library we also know that if it's in the public uh, realm it's going to have this stuff in it because the permissible activities not only spend 20 percent of this particular 75 million dollars that's proposed to to cover all this and this is for the next five years by the way goes to teachers, and here's what it's going to go. It says, provide research-based training of teachers for comprehensive sex education for adolescents as a means of broadening student knowledge about issues related to human development, healthy relationships, personal skills, sexual behavior, including abstinence, sexual health, society, and culture. Now, I want everyone to, to listen. Personal skills in sexual education. 
goes to the extreme of showing the children what to do with what, and I'm going to leave it at that. It's also going to incorporate the social and emotional learning as part of the skills, Tim, with that attacks the values, attitudes, and beliefs that we've uh, brought up many, many times. So that's also included in the skills as well because, again, we have to conform everybody. Now, let me skip over to page 21, and I think I had said we needed to look at those. Now, on page 21, it tells everyone, okay, not only are we going to have the teachers have to um, get on this uh, comprehensive sex bandwagon, but we're going to evaluate the bejeebers out of everyone to make sure that not only do you understand and you can carry out all this stuff about sexuality, but that's so we can data mine you. And here's what I want folks to understand. They're going to use sound statistical methods and techniques related to behavior science, including quasi-experimental designs along with statistics and other methodologies to measure all this. Now, why in the name of all that's holy would I do a quasi-experiment in something as delicate as behavior science that's tied to sexuality? Well, you're you're looking to indoctrinate the children with it. I mean, that's as clear as I can. I mean, is to de- is to make yeah. them as deviant as possible to plant that in their minds. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what is it they're going to evaluate, and what's going to happen is, you know, for the government to to measure this as a successful. Uh, operation, Tim. They're going to have to measure how well did the teacher teach the comprehensive sexuality education, how well did Johnny and Susie learn it, how well the community is supporting it in uh, public-private partnerships, and here's what they're going to be um, measuring. A, a student's growth and development in sexuality education, relationship dynamics, ways to prevent unintended pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases, in, uh, excuse me, infections, including HIV, uh, sexual health, the age and developmentally appropriate skills that individuals participating in the grants, because of course this has to be grant funded, um, will cover how well can a kid negotiate and communicate, because after all, when you're going to have sex, you've got to negotiate and communicate how well you can make decisions, how uh, you set goals. And, of course, they're going to say, oh, well, we're not talking about, you know, all this in the context of sex. We're talking about all this in the context of life. Well, if that's the case, why are you attacking it, uh, why are you attaching it to sexuality education? If you want to teach communication and negotiation and goal-making and decision-making, take the sex out. You don't need it there, okay? Now, um, they're also going to can we, measure. Can we throw in one more how, thing here too? Sure. They, sure. They said this is to be carried out by an independent organization that has not received a grant under Section three, four, or five. That's mm-hmm. C. That's letter C. Again, we're back to these. This sounds like public-private partnership stuff. Oh yeah, it is. It absolutely is because you can't just have the school indoctrinate the entire community. You have to have all these uh, public-private partnerships and all these uh, education-related groups that are going to come in and do this. And, you know, as we've said before, because you have all these other people involved, what about their ideology? What about their agenda? Are they going to be bringing that in, too, or are they going to stick to this book? 
or, or, or not this book, but this um, this particular kind of bill that hopefully will not turn into law. You know, you have to ask that. But they're going to sit here and also measure how well your child can use a condom, behaviors of the adolescents, um, like when did you have your first intercourse? How well can you use contraceptives? Uh, let's see here. Um, how many times do you use condoms or contraceptives? Uh, what are you throwing drugs and alcohol into it? Uh, what about dating abuse or uh, sexual assault? What about bullying, harassment, violence, stalking? I mean, you know, we can raise our kids to, to wait until marriage, okay? But we also know that there are people out there who attack people and rape people and and do terrible things to each other. Yes, we need to arm our kids so that they're prepared for that kind of stuff. But again, they're lumping that kind of protective, we really need to look out for ourselves stuff in with all this other deviation. I I want your kids and my kids to know there's a big difference because a lot of this stuff is centered on you're choosing to participate in sex and sexuality. You don't choose it when you're attacked or when you're raped, and they're not making that differentiation, and I think that is terrible because we have men and women and boys and girls who are attacked every single day, and they did not choose one stinking bit of it. No, I couldn't agree more. In fact, that's why I think that uh, there should be um, gun classes. Uh, and some people think, well, you're, you're saying to kill other children? Well, wait a minute. If those children are engaging in these kinds of things against your child, your daughter, your son, whatever, uh, sexual assault and and this this uh, attacking in, in that way, yes, I'm all for it because that's really the penalty for what they're doing anyway uh, is, is to face a death penalty. I mean, this is a capital crime. Yeah, but they're too young to know what they're doing. Well, you know what? So you, what will we do? We justify it because of the person's age? Is that what we're going to do? Is that what we're going to start doing now? Because that's what people want us to do. I mean, they're wanting to take our kids. You know, Lynn, the thing that strikes me is when I was a teenager, which wasn't that long ago, I mean, you're talking about in the 80s and stuff. <clears throat> if you simply gave a teenager a pornographic magazine, you could be charged with the crime of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Now we've got, for the most part, it might not be as hardcore, I guess, as a pornographic, but it's definitely a form of porn that they're presenting our children in the eyes of sex education, and yet nobody's held to account for child abuse. Nobody's held to account for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. They're trying to exploit our kids. Oh, absolutely they are, and they're not trying to. They're doing it. I mean, this is just one bill. There are over a 100 LGBTQ uh, bills in the works in Congress right now. And a lot of those will really start to pop up in June because June has been uh, renamed Pride Month for this particular uh, agenda. Because not only, I mean, and look at it, they chose the month where most people get married. And you're going to see Congress pass two resolutions, one in the House and one in the Senate, to recognize June as the the Pride Month. They do it every stupid year. You can go to congress.gov and you can type in LGBTQ plus in the search bar and you'll get the over 100 results and you're going to see, okay, here's the resolution saying that we're going to recognize this, um, this month as 
uh, this to do with LBGTQ+. Well, guess what? October is also taken over uh, with the LGBTQ stuff. May is Comprehensive Sexuality Education Month. So we're seeing our, our calendar that everyone goes by slowly renamed into these different months where all this agenda is carrying out. And it's just twisted. Now, I want... Um, I know that we, if we can, we need to extend the show because this is such a serious topic. But before the uh, this part ends, I wanted to point out that in the resources, you're going to have two lists, and these were provided by one of my followers, uh, Patriot Mongoose, and he has put together these lists so that you can see the sexuality stuff in your state you can see the national groups. You can see the the state-by-state uh, -state bills. So that was a lot of work that was put together, and I just wanted to make sure that we got that in uh, so that people could make sure they access that as well. Um, but uh, this particular stuff is just, uh, it makes me just want to scream, and I'm sorry I'm so disjointed with my conversation, but it it flusters me to the point of why in the world would Congress even be going down these roads and not give a, a darn about it? Why are they flaunting it in our faces? And why in the world would they write legislation like this so that you and I could have a show like this? I, I don't want to really talk about this stuff. Nobody wants to. But if we don't, then people aren't going to know. And I, I would love to talk about something else, but here we are. <laughs> No, I know. I know. And I know people aren't thrilled about hearing about it either. But this is a reality. And when you say, why are they doing it? Well, normal thinking people ask that. We go, why in the world are they doing it? Well, one of the reasons is they're deviants themselves. And two is we're not stopping them. We keep saying, here, here's, here's, a, here's the justification for it. Well, a Republican's running against the Democrats, so we'll vote for them. And if you're on the other side, well, the Democrats running against the Republican, we'll vote for them. And that's how they get us. They don't get us on the law itself. And that's why this show is about bringing people back to the foundations. The foundations are the law, and the it's, the, it's the Constitution and the Bible. Where the Constitution is flawed, and I believe it does have flaws, where it is flawed, it needs to be corrected with what the Scripture says. And ultimately, the Scripture is the foundation of America. It was the foundation when the pilgrims stepped off the Mayflower, and they formed the Mayflower Compact. It was for the glory of God and the advancement of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It was not for, you know, a, a total liberty to do whatever you want to do. It was total liberty to do what was right before God. That was the issue. And as long as the people want to justify their favorite political idols, whether they're in Congress, the White House— the Senate, whether they're in, in local government, their governors, or whatever, as long as they seek to justify their uh, lawless behavior for the sake of political expediency or whatever you think you're scared of, then you're going to continue to embolden them to do these things. Pay attention to what they say, but then pay attention to what they do. These bills um, and these different things, I was showing the list here, the abortion sex ed group, uh, and the bill list, and then the list of bathroom bills and RFRAs plus Equality Act 
uh, and some groups that your friend made the list of. These will be up uh, later on today at SonsLibertyMedia.com. We archive the show, just letting people know, along with uh, all the list of these bills, so that if you want to contact your senator or your representative uh, and even the White House and say, no, 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 this should not be being done. In fact, some of these are state issues, so if you want to contact your local reps uh, there in your various states, you can do that as well. Right, and I want to point out that a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, you know, all of those alternative uh, sex people, they're all Democrats. B.S. They are not. In fact, when I was doing the research for this, I, you know, wanted to find out, okay, is that really true? Because if you look at social media, it's always the Democrats' fault because, you know, they're the ones who are doing it all. And as we've said before, though, it's the Republicans. They're all on the same, you know, the Democrats and Republicans are on the same page with a lot of this educratic mess. And sure enough, I found the oldest LGBTQ plus political action committee is a conservative Republican group, and they're called the Log Cabin Republicans. And you can find them on the Internet. Um, I'm not going to go into any more about them. They're just conservatives. So it's not just the Democrats. And we need to really understand when it comes to sexuality and um, our children, it shouldn't matter what political party it is if it's someone telling you that they're going to teach your child what you're supposed to be teaching them, we need to say, no, that's my job, and I don't care what political party you are. So that should blow that argument right out of the water. Well, it should, and I've said that about the log cabin Republicans, too. I said they should not be called conservative, and the Republican Party should distance themselves from it if they, are, if they actually believe they were conservative, but they're not. And that's part of the problem. The people will not distance themselves from it because they think, oh, we need all these people in. It's like the walk away movement. Okay, great. People walked away from Democrat, uh, supporting Democrats. That's fine. But did they change their ideology all of a sudden? Why were they supporting them in the first place? Did the Democrats just get a little too radical for them? Did they still have the same mindset? Just because they switched from a D jersey to an R jersey doesn't mean they changed their ideology. They might still be just as lawless as the day is long, just like Republicans who, like the log cabin Republicans, who are promoting lawlessness uh, and promoting LGBTQ, sodomy, and all the other stuff. This is what people need to understand. The the two-party system was warned as a great evil that we should be wary of. And everybody says, oh, this is all we have. No, it's not all we have. It's all you've been trained to see. Because you don't do your own homework and you vote your fear rather than your principles. And over and over, I say this. Lynn, we got about uh, 20 seconds. Folks, we're going to stay over Red State Talk Radio. I'll just I'll plug this and then we'll let Lynn do it when we finish out the show. But if you want to support Lynn, go to CommonCoreDiva.com, CommonCoreDiva.com, and check that out. If you want to follow the rest of the show, we're going to go on for a few minutes after we close out here. Uh, go to our YouTube channel, go to our Facebook page, and we'll catch you on the other side. Hang on. It's a tall old tree and a strong old tree, and we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Okay, all right, and we're back on the other side here. Lynn, before before I forget at the end, tell people where they can find out more about you besides Common Core Diva. You can mention that too, but uh, tell people where they can find out more about you. 
Thank you so much. All yeah. right, my blog is CommonCoreDiva.com. You can find me on Twitter at CommonCoreDiva. I'm also on MeWe, LocalActivist.org, USA.life, and Facebook, so you can find me there. Okay. All right. So we need a little bit of uh, extra time. And uh, so I'm going to give that yep. to you for some things that you need to go over uh, because there's a lot of information here that we didn't even get to. So I'm going to toss it over to you. I know. It, it, it's, it's amazing what we did get to and what we didn't get to. But I wanted to point out that um, the data mining, people think, oh, well, that's not such a big deal. Well, it is because it goes into your personal private information. And with these particular bills, including um, the one that is called, hang on just a second, the Protecting the LGBTQ Youth Act, uh, that is H.R. 2775. It also has a Senate partner, if you will. Uh, this is supposed to, uh, as the, the bill name says, it's supposed to protect those children, but protect them from what? Um, it's, it's going to supposedly imp- Instead of protecting them, what it seems to me it's going to do, and this is after reading the bill, instead of saying, okay, we're going to be doing this in the name of trying to smoke out the child abusers and the neglectful uh, parents or, or guardians or whatever, it's setting up another way to collect data because the bill itself says it's going to recommend improving collection of data at the federal, state, and local uh, levels to better identify young people who might be at risk or experiencing child abuse and neglect because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And one of the things that I wanted to point out about the sexual orientation and the gender identity in relation to not only Congress but those Yogugarta principles, sexual orientation is, um, hang on, I had it yesterday. Sexual orientation is what you feel like. Uh, Gender identity is, uh, well, I'm not necessarily a man or a woman. I'm a whatever I want to be today, okay? So gender identity is what you feel like. Sexual orientation is who you want to sleep with, okay? That's the nice way of putting it. Those principles in, in Congress, they have it explained other ways. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to improve smoking out um, child abusers and people who are neglectful. But when you're taking a, a small uh, fraction of society and using them to improve your data collection, that should be a warning to everyone that if they're going to do it to that one group, they're setting it up so that it can happen to everyone else. And that's the big smoking gun of, about this so-called Protection Act. Yeah, no, and I was seeing that uh, it's not. This isn't a protection uh, that's an equal protection. It is specifically for lesbian. They say gay. It's sodom, sodomites. That's, that's what it is. Bisexual and transgender youth and their families. Um, so this isn't for. This isn't a protection for all youth. Um, this is, in fact, it says the act may be cited as the protecting LGBTQ youth act, not protecting America's children. Uh, it is for this. And look, let me make one thing clear. I don't believe that we ought to be bull. I don't believe that kids ought to be bull- bullying anybody for any reason. But there was there was a time in this country where we recognized that children uh, who were or young people who were behaving uh, in this kind of way where they were homosexuals and they were expressing that 
that they were to be pointed out as having some kind of a mental problem. Why? Well, this goes back to the foundations we used to teach on, which was Romans 1. God had given them over to a depraved mind, and they were to be pointed out, and they were to be dealt with. Um, They were to, you know, be corrected on that. And now that's not the case. The thing that's reversed is the people who point that out are the ones that point it out and saying, you got a problem. We're going to protect these people who really have the problem because our creator told us what the problem was. We're going to protect those people because we love them. The world loves its own, right? But it hates the people uh, who want to stand with Christ who would say, no, no, no. The creator said this about that. And so, and, and I, I don't think that we should harbor any kind of hatred in our heart to those people because our, our point is we have a message of hope. God can deliver you from that. The, the book of uh, 1 Corinthians tells us, Paul says that some of the people in the Corinthian church were engaged in some of those, but they had been washed. They had been cleansed. So if there's people who are listening who say, well, you know, you just got to leave those people alone. They're just too far gone. Well, wait a minute. That's not what the Bible says. And so we bring them a message of hope. We confront them with the law, your violation of law. God has sent a Savior to save you from that sin. Not just the consequences and the penalties of that uh, before God, his wrath, but also from the sin itself. He's He's come to deliver you from that. So we, we do have a message of hope in that, unlike um, these legislators, they just want to try to control people in that, and they want to exploit them and pimp them out and solicit them, all of these kinds of things that we've talked about today. So I just want to throw in there, there is a message of hope for people, and that's found in the gospel. Well, yeah, and let's also point out that, you know, okay, people say, well, you just need to, you know, I hate those people, you know. No, because you know what? That's somebody's mom, that's somebody's dad, or somebody's son or daughter, or brother or sister or aunt or uncle or friend. And we're all made in God's image. And just because, you know, their particular sin is being uh, hyper-focused on, that takes the focus off of you. Well, you, you know, you can be just as sinful in other ways. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, the Congress is picking on this particular group, and they're going to exploit them even further. So if you have someone who is in that particular population, you know, you might want to warn them, hey, have you heard about these bills? Do you see what this is going to do? You know, if you're sitting there wanting um, equal rights, look at what's going to come with it. It's not going to be all sunshine and roses. There are going to be some really nasty things coming after you. And part of the data that this 2775 sets up is going to look at your race, your family structure, what's going on in your house, what's going on in your school, how far did you get into school, are you disabled, what about your grandparents or your uh, work status, or what about um, the, the cradle-to-grave uh, data mining stuff that's going on. That's going to be in that particular bill. So, you know, this is some really big stuff. And the other bill that goes along with the data collection, and this one just really just aggravates me to no end, is H.R. 3280. Now, it just says to provide a requirement to improve data collection efforts. Well, now, Tim, that covers everybody. It's not just targeting the LGBTQ plus people. It's going to target everyone. And, okay, we need to improve data collection. For whom? For what? If you look at this particular bill, it's called the LGBTQ Essential Data Act. They want to, so what Congress wants to do with this particular act, Tim, is spend $25 million a year to data mine dead people who were in the LGBT 
plus community so they can better understand the LGBTQ people or they can better data mine everybody else and his cousin under the sun. No, I and tell you I tell you what it is. It is to shame those of us who call out their their particular uh deviancy. That's what it is to say you guys can't can't uh, in your church you can't preach on Romans 1. You can't pr- preach on uh Leviticus and what God says about these things. That's what it's geared toward. If they can blow it, remember the Matthew Shepherd thing. That was a complete lie about what was going on there. Uh and yet people bought into it. It was a huge boost to the um, you know, sodomite community and such. And we weren't even told the truth in there. This data mining is to be used against us to shut us up. That's what this is about. Well, I understand, but it's saying that it's going to look at the National Violent Death Reporting System and any other successful program to find out, okay, if you happen to be in the LGBTQ plus community and you had a violent death, we really want to know what happened, how it happened, so that we can somehow prevent it from happening again. Um, I don't have a problem if we're going to, to look at how to improve uh, getting rid of violence, but this is not the way to do it. And you certainly don't want to see the CDC put in charge of it, and that's exactly who's going to be in charge of it, is the Centers for Disease Control. Let, let me and, let me add something. Know, you, let me add something to what you said there. See, this is the mm-hmm. thing. They're they're doing that. Well, we want to see about this people and this that, and the other. Well, wait a minute. If they're a minority, that means there are small numbers in this. I'm not I'm not discounting anybody's death, but if you're really wanting to stop violence, um, shouldn't you be looking at the majority as to how many that happens? But the fact of the matter is, violence is going to come because it comes out of the heart of man. Man's heart is sinful, and the answer to it is not government. Uh, unless they're going to be bringing some kind of real justice, not a jail cell. Um, they're going to bring some real justice here uh, when people are murdered, like uh, the the Minneapolis cop who stuck his knee on the guy's neck yesterday and killed him. Uh, fortunately, four of those guys were fired. But you know what? You know what the, the, the state's form of justice is that? Oh, we'll put him in the jail cell. And by the way, family of this guy, you're going to be paying for their upkeep for however long we're going to throw him in there. That's not justice. These guys need a dirt nap. They need to be a long drop with a short rope or whatever the case may be. That's That would bring justice. And you know what? If they did it publicly and they did it swiftly, not 20 years down the road, we would start seeing a decline in it because the punishment would teach. I mean, God says you do it in the community. The community takes part in it. There's one guy throwing a switch, pumping the, the liquids into the guy's armor. And the community does it. They execute what has already been determined uh, against the, the convicted person. They execute it. And the Bible says that all may learn to fear and specifically fear God because God is the one who said this is a just punishment for what this person engaged in. So if they really wanted to do that, they would bring justice, and they certainly wouldn't be looking at the minorities. They would be looking at the majorities if that was their aim. But I'm telling you, I think their aim is they get as much of this data out, and then they try to, to, to paint the people who speak out against this kind of behavior as the bad guys who need to be shut up. They are the ones who need to be silenced. That's that's right. what I, I think is going on. Well, with the uh, Real Education for Healthy Youth Act, it does lay out in that particular bill, Tim, both from the House and the Senate, that um, if it's not uh, medically scientific proven or evidence-based, as, as uh, people like to throw around in Congress and in the Common Core machine, it has to be science-based, evidence-based, um, what works, 
sexuality. It can't be individual belief. It can't be, um, you know, Bible-based. Now, they're not going to tell you, oh, you can't use Bible-based, but the way it's worded is that if it's not government-sanctioned and it's not uh, government-related, you're not going to get to speak it, teach it, or preach it. Well, yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's a continuing to get yeah. away from uh, what what the foundations are, which is the Bible, and continuing to establish the state as God. It is the lawgiver, and um, and it is to dis, it is to disorient the people and to even confuse them more. Which we know God is not a God of confusion. Uh, that comes from the author of confusion, which is the devil. So this is part of the problem that we that we're faced with, but it's good to know what our enemy is doing so that we can we can respond accordingly. So again, we don't promote fear here at, at the Sons of Liberty. We we promote information so that the people can do something about it and and not be afraid. Run to the giant, <laughs> you know. We come to you in the name of the Lord. That's that's the whole thing. Run to the giant and fight the giant. Don't be scared of him. Um, what else do you got well, out of this? Well, you know that if it's not in the name of LGBTQ+, Congress is going to continue to ramp up this comprehensive sexuality education, CSE, and it's going to encompass not only your social and emotional learning, but it's going to also impact uh, where you work, believe it or not. It absolutely will. And so, yeah, we're in an election year, and, yeah, we've got this this supposed lockdown going on what can we do uh we can absolutely look at these bills look who's sponsored co-sponsored and then hold these people accountable they need to know that we're ticked off and we're coming after them and you know if nothing else gets you upset think about this do i really want johnny and susie to come up with this kind of stuff thrown at them from every angle. And if you do, then don't call your your congressmen or women. But if you really are opposed to it, then yes, you should contact them and go, we don't need to recycle the Real Health Health, uh, Real Education for Healthy Youth Act again. We don't need to recycle the mink slaughter gender equity in education yet again. Some of these bills, Tim, they're on their third recycle. So what's happened is that from the 114th Congress to the one we're in now, which is the 116th, you've had bills that are carbon copies of each other picked up, dusted off, and reintroduced by some of the same people. So we've got career politicians. What's wrong with this? Why are people letting this happen? Well, I think a lot of it is uh, the vast majority of them don't know it. That's number one. And two, they don't want to be involved in politics. Don't talk to me about politics. I, you know, Politics and religion are two things that you just don't bring up among friends and this and the other. That's what we've been told. In fact, those are the most interesting conversations, if you ask me, because they actually get people to think. And sometimes people get mad because they don't like that it challenges their worldview. The fact of the matter is a lot of people don't know, and when they go in the voting booth, um, they're going in there and they go, oh, well, I recognize this name. This is why I told people, I said, you know, many in the conservative movement pushing AOC and always harping on it, all you're doing is help expand her name recognition. Yeah, she's an airhead, but (laughs) you're just helping expand her name recognition among people who are going to vote next time around. And so 
this is a this is a problem when you have an ignorant people. You know, we have a lot of people even in the chat who say, well, you know, we need term limits. Okay, you know what? Put term limits in. It's the same people who get after the people who, when one rolls out, those lobbyists, those groups that are behind the guy who's in there, they're right there to push the next guy through too. So your term limits really don't change anything. Um, you, you've got to you've got to be a people that says no. I'm not voting for either one of these dog bowls uh, because both of them are evil. I'm not going to put my support behind evil at all. And you're going to start looking elsewhere. Uh, well, Tim, that'll give somebody else the vote. No, it doesn't. It gives your vote is your vote for whoever you vote for. It is illogical to say it's for somebody else. It's just illogical. Right, and I understand that, and that's that's something that we're seeing permeate uh, the conversation. Uh, right now is that well you know you you look at the two candidates and well neither one of them are good but yet if you vote for this one then you know you're really not thinking about all the rest of the people because you know you need to use your vote for the people no you're supposed to use your vote for you it's supposed to be who you want to represent you um that's yeah that's something i just heard this past week and i was very alarmed because you know the person who said it i was like you know wow i i i happen to know how you were raised and for you to say that is like okay uh did you forget your vote is your voice and you don't use your voice for the collective effort you use your voice for your vote no, I know. I know I know exactly what you're saying there. Okay, do we have anything else that we got to do before we close out the show? That's it. That was all we needed because, you know, uh it's just wicked and evil and uh we need to fight it and uh I wish that uh, Congress would stop making bills like this, but it's not it's not them. It's the the special interest groups uh, that are really doing this. Right, right. I understand that. Lynn, I appreciate your time today. Again, folks, if you want to support Lynn and the work that she does, um, you can go to CommonCoreDiva.com. She's got a support button there. She takes this information all across the country. I think, Lynn, you said that you're on, um, they're putting some of the broadcasts on and and other things that you do on Roku Mm -hmm. TV as well. Uh, Do you want to tell people where they can find that? Uh, Let's see. It's Breaking News Journal on Roku TV or the BJN network. You can find it um, in the Roku app, I believe it is. And yeah, I have my own channel. That's cool. That's very cool. All right. Well, that's Lynn. If you want to support her again, CommonCoreDiva.com. If you're able to support the Sons of Liberty, all of that is in the section, in the description section on the video platforms. You can go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can click on Donate if you'd like to make a donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. We would very much appreciate that. But I know things are tight with people. Uh, If you can't do that, we're not here to beg for money. Uh, God always provides, but we're letting you know a need that we have. And if you'd like to support us in that, please do so. You guys have a great day. Tomorrow, the man who is going after Lindsey Graham had him on last year when it was setting brush fires. The man uh, who's going after Lindsey Graham in the state of South Carolina, Michael LaPierre, will be joining me, Lord willing, and we'll see you then.